Welcome back to your favorite podcast, Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you help some other people. I'm Kate. I'm here with Leslie, my favorite life guru. How are you doing, my friend? I am very caffeinated today, Kate. How are you? Samesies. Yeah, totally. Um, how much of this coffee do you think we've gone through? Oh, yeah. Give it a little lift. It's lighter than it has been. So listeners, we, Leslie and I met up here about an hour ago and we have been sitting here just chit-chatting about life and kind of forgetting there was a podcast to do and most of this coffee has been gone through so we may need to pause in like every five minutes to go to the bathroom (laughs) but uh but we're here for you we're here for you so um Leslie last oh no not last season season one can you believe we're in season three this is this is thinking about that it's wild. It's wild to talk about seasons ago. But in season one, we did a four-part series called Tough Love. And we, we spent some time really digging into this idea of what is tough love. And we didn't rush through it. I thought that was kind of fun. And I thought it might be neat to every season or maybe every other season take one topic that we don't speed through in 25 or 30 minutes, but we really dig deeply into it. So... I thought it might be neat to embark upon a four-part, wait for it to be drum roll. <laughs> okay. A four-part empathy series. Yay! Empathy! Yay! Woo, woo! Okay. So, <laughs> we need an audience. Actually. Laugh track. Laugh track. <laughs> a laugh track would be great. I also think, do you know how many of our personal friends have offered to be our audience? Yeah, I mean, that would be fun. So this, like, we try to record this in a few hours in the morning. If we had a live audience, this would end up taking, like, three days to do an episode. But it would be so fun. <laughs> Only trying to help the retreat. <laughs> All right, now we're just teasing people. We'll figure it out. But anyway, so we begin today with our four-part empathy series. And honestly, for this first episode, I thought it might be helpful to just like strip down this concept of empathy and define it really simply. So I'll start with how I might define this, but then I think we're going to spend the bulk of the time sorting out what empathy is not. So very simply, empathy is our attempt to understand other people. Now, we could make that a lot more complicated, but I think that simple definition could get us started. What do you think? I think that's a good way to start. I also, you know, from my career development, professional development side of things, um, you know, it's a cornerstone of emotional intelligence. And I think that's um, kind of an interesting topic. If you're not familiar with it, um, take a second and look it up. I don't want to unpack that right now. (laughs) Um, But um, when when we talk about emotional intelligence, a lot of times what we're actually just talking about is empathy. Yeah, well, you know, the truth is, as much as we are digging deeply into empathy, I'll bet you some other things will come up that are adjacent to empathy, and emotional intelligence is one of them. So let's keep bringing those things up for the folks who say at the end of this, four parts was not enough, (laughs) and I want more. We can try to help you out with some other things that might be interesting. Is that a Little Mermaid reference? My goodness. Okay, I love it. So um, 
So I agree with you that emotional intelligence is a nice topic. If you if you find yourself interested in this, read up on it. There are plenty of internet resources, books, etc. We can even throw some things up on our website. Okay, so thinking about what empathy is not. Empathy is not reassurance. Empathy is not statements like, oh, don't worry, everything's going to turn out okay. These statements are kind of vague and they can sometimes feel empty, like empty reassurance. Oh, it'll be all right. Oh, it'll be okay. Oh, everything's fine. That is not an attempt to understand. That is an attempt to reassure. Any thoughts about that? Yeah, it's almost like, um, and I think we talked about this in a previous episode, but like taking a pass. Actually, yeah, when you're delivering that message and you say something like, don't worry, it'll be okay, you think you're giving a pat on the back, but what it feels like to the person who's receiving it is like a hand over the mouth. Um, And so they feel sort of silenced or muzzled rather than comforted in many cases. Um, And I think a lot of us feel like that is showing empathy. I, I don't think that's empathy at all. If empathy is understanding and all you do is say, oh, it'll be all right, what are you sh- telling me you're that you've understood? You're not understanding at all. In fact, you are the opposite of understanding right now. You're just, that's that then. Move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what else is not empathy? Sympathy. Yeah. And, and I, I, when we were not recording and just drinking coffee earlier, you, you, you said something to me about the distinction between empathy and sympathy. Um, what, what can you tell the listeners about that? Uh, so this is something I think a lot of people are like, I don't really understand the difference. And I, I'm going to give an example. So I'm thinking about, um, I, I was just talking to a, a student who told me a story of when he was let go from a job and his boss who was letting him go, she was crying the entire time. And that made me want to scream. It's okay for that person to feel sad, but not. So she, I think she was feeling more sympathy than empathy. Does that make, is that a good example or am I going to do it to a different place? I'm just thinking about it. I think it is a good example. So you're, you're saying that the person who was letting someone go was overcome with emotion um, and maybe feeling sorry for the person who was getting let go. Um, and I think it, it's probably an example of sympathy, but also someone who um, like lacks boundaries and just can't like manage their emotions, which also goes back to emotional intelligence. Right, yeah, yeah. Sympathy or, or even pity are things like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you, you poor thing. And sympathy and pity leave people feeling a bit isolated, like you're over there in Miseryville all by yourself, and I just sent you a postcard from Happy Town where things are much better, and I feel sorry for you over in, in Miseryville. Um, and, and like so many things that we talk about on this podcast, these statements are often very well-meaning. They do come from a good place. I know I say that every single time, but that's the whole reason we started this show was to talk about the things that we think are helpful, we think are kind, we think are, are going to make things better for people, and then they backfire. Yeah. Um, the next thing I have on our list of what empathy is not is self-disclosure and we did a whole episode on this already so um, if you've been listening to these in order you heard this recently from us I'm not going to belabor the point and eat up a lot of time on this episode but um, you know making it all about you is not empathy sharing your story might 
come from a place of what you're trying to say is I understand because I've been through this before. But if you're really just trying to say that you understand, say what it is you understand. Don't share your own story and make it all about you. Yeah, this is definitely exactly what we talked about before, but I think it deserves, you know, another bullet point on that list because that's how we, you know, can communicate a lot of times. You know, I get that. Yeah, I think a good rule of thumb is if you're talking about yourself, you are not attempting to understand the other person. You are asking them to understand you. Um, The next thing that I have on the list of what empathy is not is I have it listed here as manners, kindness, or a polite and warm tone of voice. And here's what I mean by this. <laughs> so I can't tell you. All right, so let me just back up. I, I do a lot of training for like social workers and psychologists and people who are therapists. And sometimes they record themselves with patients or clients and they send me their recording to listen to and they ask me to give them feedback. And sometimes part of the feedback is I will say, I'd like you to try working on some of your empathy skills. And these professionals sometimes take offense to that and say, oh my gosh, Kate, um, hello, I had so much empathy. (laughs) And which is already a weird thing to say, but um, I have to help them understand the difference between truly understanding what someone is telling you versus going like this, oh, those are just sounds you're making. (laughs) Those are just sounds. And a lot of therapists, a lot of social workers, a lot of counselors, advisors, teachers do what I like to call the sing-songy counselor voice. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. And their voices do this sing-songy thing. And I think a lot of us believe that as long as we're doing that, we sound like we have empathy. No, that is just a tone of voice. So, okay, when, so, you know, I've been doing my reading about parenting and whatnot, but one of the things that we as humans do when we talk to children is pitch our voices higher. And that designates the child to know they're being spoken to so it's not just baby talk you're like why do I do this but if you're like well hi there you know you're talking to a a little like um you know bundle of nerves that just got was just born um and we do that it's it's, but you know so that's interesting because we that's maybe the same sort of nurturing thing is we go back to that like dealing almost like saying like let me let me pat you on the back and say shh like as adults, I don't need you to like burp me. Um, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're patting them on the back. You're saying, shh, you're, you're pitching your voice like this. Oh, so maybe it's like the same sort of um, response that we are going into. But really, as adults, when we're talking to somebody, what I don't need you to do is, is uh, you know, baby me. Yeah. And a lot of people find it surprising when I say, um, so I don't want to get into the technical aspects really, but um, part of what I do is there's a, there's a way of like actually coding and scoring a counseling session and like giving it kind of like a grade. Like, yeah. And so sometimes people are surprised when their empathy grade is low and they say, but I listened back in my recording and it sounds like I have empathy. And I'm like, do you sound like that? Because (laughs) that sounds like you're cheerful and 
pleasant and maybe warm. You sound kind of like a warm person, a, a, a welcoming person. But warm and welcoming is not synonymous with understanding. And you might have a very cold tone of voice and understand very well. And that is closer to empathy. You might have a very warm tone of voice and understand very well, but just the warm tone of voice is not empathy. You can have the warm tone of voice with or without empathy, and sometimes people have it without, and they're very surprised because they think they sound kind and they sound uh, approachable. You might. You might sound those things, but that doesn't mean that you're understanding what someone's telling you at all. Yeah, you know, I, I've been seeing a lot of people on um, the Book of Faces talk about how they <laughs> are empaths. Have you heard that, Kate? Kate's nodding while she's chugging coffee. Um, so, and it's interesting because sometimes people post this and I'm like, you know, I have talked with that person and I don't necessarily, that's not that's not the first word I would use for them is empathetic. Um, uh, sensitive, certainly. Um, but being sensitive and being empathetic, or did I just go too far? <laughs> no, not too far at all. I, I actually feel like I have, so listeners, when we come to do this, I come with pages and pages of notes and Leslie is just like off the cuff and I'm looking at pages and pages of notes where I think I was trying to say that and you just nailed it in a few words, which is empathy and, and sensitivity are different things. I'm, I'm just staring at my pages. Like, why did I type all this up? That was, that was it. That was what I was. Yeah, we're done. We're done. That's all I was trying to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have much more to say about the the sing-songy voice, except I'm not saying it's bad. It, it you know, I think you said there's a chance it could be condescending, like you you feel like you're um, like shushing someone. I think that could happen. It might not happen. I'm I'm not banning the sing-songy voice. I'm just saying it alone doesn't tell me if you have empathy or not. When I'm reviewing recordings, I have to listen past the sing-songy voice and try to hear empathy through it. And if I can't find empathy, all I hear is you're going, ah, da, 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 da. well, then I don't think your empathy score is going to be very high. Your warmth score, if there was one, I don't score people on warmth, but if there was one, maybe that would be high. Um, but they're just different things. Okay. The, uh, let's keep going on what empathy is not. So, so far we've said it's not reassurance. It's not saying like everything's going to be okay. It is not, what else did we say? It's not sympathy or pity. It's not self-disclosure. It's not the sing-songy counselor voice that people sometimes do. Empathy is also not advice or directions like, oh, don't be mad or don't be embarrassed. Um, those are an attempt to change a person's feelings, not an attempt to understand them. So if you're trying to change how someone feels, you are not expressing empathy. You may have empathy, but we don't know because you're not expressing it. You are attempting to change how someone feels. Um, and and I, I think that's that's a dangerous territory. I think that we've probably talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I really can't tell you how to feel. It doesn't work that way. So any attempt to do so is not empathy. What about validating? Do we? That's next. Oh, well, go on. <laughs> okay. So the next one literally says opinions or validations. So things like, I think you have a right to be mad about that. So... This could imply empathy. It could imply like, I understand that you're mad. Um, and it can even overlap with empathy a lot. 
uh, it is technically a little bit different than just purely understanding it. Like a validation is like empathy plus something else. So um, if I say to you, I, I, I can see that you're mad and, um, you know, and I totally understand where that's coming from. The part of the sentence where I said, I can see that you're mad is empathy. The part where I said, and I totally understand, um, I understand where you're coming from or, or that makes sense. Or, you should be angry. That's the part that's validating. It says, I see what you're, what you're telling me. I hear it and I'm endorsing it. Once you endorse it, you've taken a little step further than empathy and moved into validating. You know, putting my manager hat on, I think this is something that is a, a good learn for a lot of people because, you know, if you're managing a, a couple different people and there is a disagreement, then a lot of times that you're going to hear two sides, but there's always two sides to the story, right? So, you, but you're, if you're managing two people who are disagreeing about something, you're going to hear both sides of those stories and you should. Um, so you need to that that at that moment you have to make sure that you are not accidentally validating somebody and invalidating somebody else because if you validate Ashley and then Apple <laughs> trying to be contemporary here um Ashley and Apple your two Gen Z um you know it, Ashley comes to you and says Apple did this and you're like well you know, you, you have every right to be pissed off about that. Apple was wrong. And then Apple comes to you and says, Hey, listen, Ashley did this. And you say, yeah, Ashley is a big B. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get in a room with Ashley and Apple and you, and both of them are like, but you were on my side. Yeah. That's, that's something you want to avoid. So yeah. And, and listen, validating might be part of a person's style. So again, I meet with a lot of people who insist that their validations are expressions of empathy. And I say, listen, I, I don't hear them that same way. I'm not saying that you should stop validating. I'm just saying, can we just, can we just separate those statements? Those validations aren't the same thing as just understanding what someone's telling you. And it's a real skill, Leslie, to be able to just stop at understanding and not move into endorsing. It's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people will, um, let's, let's go, let's move away from counseling and therapy. Let's just talk about everyday life. Sometimes in everyday life, people will come up to me and say, oh, well, I have no empathy for so-and-so. I don't agree with anything they've said and I don't agree with what they're doing and I will not endorse their behavior. And I think, whoa, whoa, whoa. No one asked you to agree with them or endorse their behavior. You can still have empathy. Empathy doesn't mean you're saying it's okay what you've done or what you've said or that I like how you feel or that I'm happy about any of this or I'm on your side. Empathy is just understanding and understanding can be very helpful. The analogy I use in the workshops I lead is like an oncologist has to understand cancer in order to fight it. That doesn't mean the oncologist is pro-cancer, loves cancer, is excited about cancer. An oncologist has to understand it, even though the oncologist hates it, hates it, and just wants to fight it and destroy it. You can hate something and still have empathy if you're just trying to understand it. And I wish people felt this way more often in political conversations. 
that just because someone is sharing something with you that makes you want to scream, no, that's wrong. I disagree with you adamantly. And I can't believe you just said that thing that deeply offends me. Doesn't mean you can't understand what they're saying. Wouldn't you like to understand it the way an oncologist understands cancer? That I understand it enough that then I know how to battle it later. But if you won't even listen, if you won't even understand, you have no chance of fighting it. And so I like to say that empathy can be a real tool even in those moments of disagreement because you, if you hope to have this person eventually agree with you, you're going to have to understand what it is they see first. Um, and, and, and sometimes we use the phrase to be strong in the mind but soft in the heart. Strong in the mind, soft in the heart means I'm not changing my opinion just to understand yours. I can softly have understanding and empathy for what you're telling me but keep my own opinions and my own reasoning strong. Because a lot of what I've been talking about lately is overcoming discrimination in hiring and in the workplace. Um, you know, it's these are structural, systemic evils, shall we say, and they suck, and I, I hate them. But you know, what a lot of what I do is is talk with people about like, okay, let's unpack why why this exists and how we can kind of get around. Um, around this because we also have to exist in the structures while we fight them. You can't take down a structure that you don't know, if you don't know how it's built, yeah. you know? Um, great, I love that one. So uh, I have one more thing that empathy is not, and I realize you know we've, we've kind of been at this a while already, so I, I'm hoping people are still with us. <laughs> but the last thing I have here is, um, maybe people will disagree with me on this and that's okay, uh, but I like to say that actions are not empathy. Actions could uh, show empathy or imply empathy, but they often by themselves are not. So like buying you flowers. If I buy you flowers, that might tell you that maybe I have empathy for something you're going through, but the, the, the act of buying flowers is not empathy. The act of buying flowers might be attached to the empathy. So let me ex explain a little bit. Um, some actions are performed with very little empathy at all, but with a good heart in some way. So I always use this example when I lead workshops of like, think of t times of disaster, right? You watch the TV and you see like a hurricane is hit and people are suffering and our hearts go out to them. And it's probably more uh, on the sympathy and pity end rather than empathy. But we start to say, I should do something. I should help. I can't just watch these images. I feel terrible for what they're going through. And oftentimes, some very well-meaning people will package up their like old prom dresses and stiletto heels and fur coats and send them to the scene of a big disaster thinking, I'm helping. And in fact, you're causing a bigger problem when you do that because now the people on the front lines have to receive these boxes, figure out what to do with this crap, and none of it's really helpful. What they really need is probably just money that then they can buy the resources that would be most helpful. So I like to say that if you're, if you're doing that, that is a kind gesture. It's an action, but it is done with little understanding for what would really be helpful. And... Um, just quickly, last year I, I attended um, at, at Columbia University, they had an empathy boot camp. 
and I was amazed at how difficult it was for people to separate actions from understanding. So that we were asked as participants to name times in our lives when we felt people had empathy for us. And people would say things like, oh, well, when my dad died, people brought dinner over for me. And that might be the kind of gesture that implies that the person understands how you're feeling, but the gesture is only a representation of the empathy. The empathy itself is separate. So the speaker at the boot camp was trying to help us practice separating these things, and she made us change the statement. So rather than saying, when my dad died, people brought over dinner for me, she had us practice saying, when people brought over dinner for me, I think they were understanding how drained I felt at the end of the day. And, and understanding how drained I felt was empathy. Taking that and bringing me dinner was an act of compassion, but they are different things. So anyway, when, when the, the boot camp leader helped, helped, helped us rephrase those things, rather than saying, oh, it was empathy when people brought me dinner, they said it was empathy when they understood how drained I was and then decided later to bring me dinner. It was helpful in, in learning how to separate empathy from actions um, because sometimes actions are done with very little empathy at all, like sending your fur coats to the Bahamas in the time of disaster. It, it only matters because some gestures are performed with empathy and some without. This also makes me think of times in my life where like I was dating someone and we'd have an argument and then like the person would just send me flowers. And sometimes it's like you, you don't have you don't have a clue what I'm mad about. You are so effing clueless that all you could come up with was, I don't know, I'll send her flowers. I know I messed up, so flowers. Well, I know I messed up, but I don't know what I did. Um, and so that's what I mean when I say the gesture is not empathy. It could be. It could be. And I think the example of, you know, people brought me dinner when my dad died is like one of those gestures that might be showing they have empathy. But when, you know, an old boyfriend just sent me flowers because he knows a man doesn't know why, that's, that's a gesture without empathy. And so that's, that's really why I'm suggesting we've got to separate these things. I'm not, I'm not saying these, these gestures are bad. I'm just saying they could exist with empathy or without. So let's just separate the two so we can be clear about that. Empathy, one more time for the cheap seats in the back, is an attempt and hopefully a, a good one at understanding what somebody's telling you. And I guess we kind of skipped over this this episode, but I know we've said it in the past. Of course, no one expects you to fully understand. That's ridiculous. You can't possibly uh, 100% accurately understand what somebody's going through. That's not the expectation with empathy. The, the expectation with empathy is that you're going to do the best you can to understand what someone's going through and hopefully get close to understanding. But you would have to be that person, and you'll never really walk in their shoes. So let's kind of excuse ourselves a little bit for those times that we get it wrong. Do you have anything to add about what empathy is or what it is not? Just ask people if they say something and, and you're not really sure how that how that's how they're reacting to that or how that hits them you know i think that almost the best thing you can do whether or not you've been there is say like how is that impacting you yeah sometimes when i really want to understand and i know i don't i'll just say that i'll just be like i so badly want to understand and i might just leave it at that it's like i want you to know that i'm trying and i also just want to admit 
that I don't get it. Cause the last thing you want is me just like saying, Oh yeah, yeah, I understand when you, you can tell I don't. Um, so sometimes I'll just say like, I'm working on it still. I'm really working on understanding this. Um, all right. So that was a very long list of what empathy is not and a little bit on what empathy is. Um, I'll just say if it hasn't been clear already that empathy is not weakness. Um, sometimes there's been this trend with schools are, are trying to implement more education and more conversations around empathy with students. And it's, it, I'm shaking my head folks. You can't see me rolling my eyes and shaking my head, but parents have been, you know, giving this backlash around how it's going to make their kids soft. Um, and apparently they're afraid of too much empathy. <laughs> okay. Uh, Leslie's rolling her eyes too. <laughs> so <laughs> there's some serious eye rolling going on here. Um, empathy is not in any way weakness. Uh, I'm going to go back to strong in the mind, soft in the heart. Keep your views, but understand others. And, and, the, and the reason I'm stripping this down is because we're going to go through a lot of research about how important empathy is and how useful this is. And it's not just nicey, nice stuff. And I don't want anyone having a misunderstanding about what empathy is as we move forward. So now that we're clear what the definition of what empathy is, I think we can move forward with why and how. Um, so next week, we're going to start working on why we should care about empathy and how we can express it. What do you think? I look forward to it. <laughs> okay. Well, folks, as always, you can send us questions or comments at questions at only trying to help com. You can tweet us at our sort of quiet Twitter. Is it a page? Twitter page feed? I don't know what a Twitter thing is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to talk about these things. That's why our page is so quiet because I don't know how to use it. Um, but you can find us on Twitter at at I was O-T-T-H, at I was O-T-T-H. If you haven't caught on by now, O-T-T-H stands for only trying to help. Um, let us know your thoughts, your comments, um, and what, what examples you may even have. Cool.